You're listening to a Cripple and Co. production. This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by Come As You Are. Come As You Are is Canada's only worker-owned co-op sex shop. Trans-owned and operated, Come As You Are carefully reviews and curates their selection of sex toys, books, and DVDs. Now you can get 15% off your next purchase at comeasyouare.com using coupon code AFTERDARK. Friends, I am so excited to be working with my friends at Clona Willy. They are an amazing, amazing company. They are do-it-yourself or dildo-it-yourself molding kit company where you can create your own mold of a penis or mold of a vulva so you can create your own sex toy at home. That's really, really cool, and I think it's really, really accessible for a lot of folks, too. They're, they, their materials are ethically sourced. They're really, really, really awesome. They're always there to help. I'm so excited about this company, and I love that I still get to work with them. So if you want to create your own pussy or penis mold at home so you can create your own sex toy, if you go if you go to clonawilly.com and use the code darkpod20 at checkout, you can get 20% off everything site-wide. They also have a penis pump for those of you that might be interested, which you can get at 20% off if you use the code darkpod20 right now at checkout. I really, really love this company, and I really, really love everything they're trying to do. So if you want to create your own do-it-yourself molding kit to create your own Pussy or penis mold, please go to clonawilly.com and use code darkpod20 at checkout. Thanks, friends. Bye. Content warning The language, content, and discussion found within this episode of Disability After Dark will be explicit. Listener discretion advised. This is a podcast that looks at disability stories. It's like sitting down with a really close friend to have a real conversation about disability, sexuality, and everything else about the disability experience that we don't talk about. The things about being disabled, we keep in the dark. Here is your deliciously disabled host, disability awareness consultant, Andrew Gerza. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome to the show, friends, and thank you so much for clicking on this brand new episode of Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on disability stories. I'm, of course, your deliciously disabled daddy host, and I'm getting closer to daddy because it's almost my 40th birthday in May. Wow. Like, less than three months now. Oh, wow. Almost you're for real, deliciously disabled daddy host, Andrew Gerza here. Let's get comfy, cozy, and crippled and get today started, shall we? Just a quick reminder that I want to have you on the show to shine a bright light on your disability story. If you want to join me on the show and go off on a million and five tangents, which is what we'll be doing today on the show, because my guest and I go all over the place, but if you want to go off on a million and five tangents with me, be sure to email me at andrew at andrewgerza.com, and I would love to book you in as a guest. Also, just for funsies, if you have a podcast and you want some cool disability representation on that show, 
Email me also and invite me on your show. I'd love to be a guest as well. So the doors are open. I would love to have all these conversations with you. So send me an email and we'll figure that out. But uh, now let's get on to the show, friends. On the show today, I sit down with my new friend, Dr. Lara Amin, who is a really cool friend of mine who is disabled. And we talk about her experience being disabled and her experience getting her PhD, writing scripts and writing fantasy scripts about disabled representation. And we talk about the disability industry in media. We talk about her experience with cerebral palsy. We talk about so many things in this episode. We go off on literally 500 million tangents, and it is so much fun to sit down with her. We recorded an episode that I was originally going to air like two years ago, but then I had to delete a lot of old podcasts because Zoom fucked me right up, and I lost a bunch of episodes. So Dr. Lara was immediately open to re-recording, and I'm so excited for you to hear this episode. We go all over the place talking about CP, talking about media, talking about her crush on um, Jason Priestley, though there's so much that we go on into here, and so much more, and I can't wait for you to hear the episode. Just a brief content note, this episode does have a brief mention of sexual assault. So just be aware of that as we go in to the episode today. But I loved having Laura, Lara on. I almost said her name wrong. Sorry, Lara. Lara, Lara, I loved having Lara on. And you will love her too. So without further ado, here's the episode with Dr. Lara Amin, right now on Disability After Dark. Lara Amin, hello. Hi. Hi. Thank you for having me. I'm like waving at the camera, even though I know that this is a I audience. can see you waving. It's pretty awesome. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for being here. You and I recorded two years ago now. Yeah, yeah. We recorded that we recorded one time and then I got busy and I forgot. And then I well actually Zoom fucked me right up. So I'm so glad that you're willing to do this again and willing to come back and speak to the audience. I'm so happy you're here because you and I follow each other a lot on our socials and we talk a lot over text. And I'm just happy to have you on the show finally. Yeah, I'm so happy that you reached out and were like, let's redo this. I was like, yes, because I could talk to you all day. <laughs> oh no, we had so much fun last time. I think we went off on like a million tangents, which we're yeah, gonna do today. Great. We're gonna go off on a million and five tangents today. So listeners, buckle in. It's gonna be it's gonna be a fun one. It's gonna go all over the place. Um but I know who you are. You're my, my amazing disabled friend in California. Um, for anyone who doesn't know who you are, Lara, can you introduce yourself to the audience? Tell us who you are, what you do. Yeah. Uh, my name is Lara Amin. My pronouns are she, they. I I've just recently received my PhD in uh, education with an emphasis in disability studies. So I am a doctor now. <laughs> Um, and my dissertation was a supernatural drama pilot that I adapted into uh, an adult fantasy novel. I also work as a sensitivity or authenticity reader for novels. And I've done a little bit of like podcast script stuff too, but mostly for novels. 
uh, for disability representation. I've done it for Jewish representation. I'd love to do it for queer representation. Haven't done it yet. Um, Maybe and... if they ever bring back a queer, another queer disabled series, if they ever would just like, you know, if they hadn't killed the Queer's Folk reboot, if they hadn't. Yeah. They need to bring back more queer disabled series and just like more more diversity too and like the storylines and the types of stories because like I think a lot of that we I think we talked about this last time but a lot of the storylines with authentic disability representation are in comedy and not in drama yeah I'm not a comedy writer I'm a drama writer so it's like uh, because every time people think of drama they think like oh poor me like you know like they think of like some sob story yeah they do the whole me before you imagine people powers and like like make us blow shit up I don't know (laughs) I mean they typically stick to the me before you if they're doing a drama or they stick to that or they do they do a comedy it's like the disabled person is the either the butt of the joke or makes jokes and like there's no in between and they need an in between but they need also like I think they need like disabled characters that are fucked up and that have done shitty things and that are not like necessarily great people and you know yeah. we don't get we don't get painted with a full brush and I think that's you know as somebody who's I've I've done some production consulting I did production consulting for the queerest folk I did I've been on sets like I've done that kind of stuff oh, that's love so it cool. like these characters are so one-dimensional like we need there needs to be more yeah I know last time we talked about like special and Ryan Ryan O'Connell and I wrote about special in my dissertation like the the academic part of my dissertation I had to write a literature review so like a, a big essay and I wrote a paragraph or two on special and what Ryan O'Connell did with that show and the, you know, having a queer disabled lead and having, you know, multiple disabled people come in and uh, be be on his show. And I think that that's really, we need more like that. Um, yeah, we need more trailblazers who are like, let's... Yeah, and people in front of the camera and people in front and behind the camera. And, and like in the writer's room and like in all the places. Of course, Yeah. Like when he, when I met him, when we did the, when I did the Queer as Folk and they asked me to come down, when I met him, oh, I was the most starstruck you've ever in your life. Like he's the sweetest, he's the sweetest guy, the, like the nicest human in the world. And I was like, oh my God, it's you. Like, yeah. I would I? be starstruck too. I would be like, oh my gosh. He's like the nicest, most humble guy. But like what he, what he did for television is for like disabled representation on TV as well. Um, but let's go back to your, what is this pilot you wrote? Tell me more about this again. Yeah, so I wrote a, well, we could, and we'll talk about like my, I know we want to talk about like my journey with writing and stuff. So I wrote a pilot. It's a supernatural drama. I pitch it for the TV version. I pitch it as Raising Dion meets Hulu's Only Murders in the Building. Um, but that's, such when- a weird, that's such an interesting crossover. I don't think I... Wow, yeah. I I don't picture those two things going together at all. But all right. Yeah, it's um, it's basically about it's about a a girl, a disabled woman uh, named Genevieve, and she, uh, she has cerebral palsy and she's asexual, and she, uh, discovers that she she's out with her friend one night, and she discovers that she has these powers, like she like. 
she's she's at this club and she like tries to stop something from happening and she discovers that she has these powers and she's like I need to talk to someone who um you know who who gets this and she she turns on so it, it opens up with this 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 guy this boy and he had uh he was with his brother when they were kids and he saw his brother uh disappear in a cloud of purple smoke and so it's like all these years later it's 11 years later and he's running this podcast called all things weird and wonderful and that's the title of my pilot um and it's about supernatural phenomenon and he has ptsd from uh losing his brother so it goes into like mental health representation and he's egyptian and i'm part egyptian so that representation was important and he talks about like he has people on his podcast that like talk about like different types of like supernatural phenomena yeah, yeah. like aliens yeah, and like like... neuroscientist on and stuff like that so she goes to him her name is Genevieve and she goes to him and she's like you know I, I I'm experiencing all this stuff this stuff is happening and like people are disappearing around our campus like something's going on so they kind of team up to uh investigate all the weird stuff that are happening around their campus and it's an exploration of of physical disability and mental health and like smashing ableism and uh racism and just like kind of but not doing it in like a tropey way um can i read this it sounds incredible and i want to i it sounds why just don't send it to anybody else but yeah I mean, when you when you when you when it's ready to launch and it, it like becomes a big NBC show, like call me and let me know. What you need. Like that sounds great. Recording of it, but at the time that we're we're recording this, I actually discovered that my recording my link doesn't work because I'd love to send you the recording, and you could like even share it, but my link doesn't work right now. So hopefully, like in a couple weeks. Uh, when this podcast goes up, the link will work because I actually cast cast uh, it on Zoom and I did a partial uh, Zoom script reading of oh, wow. the script. So my lead actress does has cerebral palsy. Amazing. Uh, yeah, it was amazing. I When I found her, someone found her for me and we've been friends ever since. We text every week. Her name is Miracle Palayo. She's on Instagram. Go follow her. Amazing. She's amazing. Um, and then my friend, uh, I got to have a couple uh, other people that I knew. Like, I just cast a bunch of my friends. I have a friend named Santina Muha, who's a disabled actress, who got to be in my script. Um, and then a good uh, friend of mine from when I was uh, growing up. Well, we weren't friends growing up. But how I sort of got started in the entertainment industry was... Um, I'm going to go back a little bit because this will tie into my dissertation. This is an amazing story. I tell this all the time. So when I was uh, 10 years old, well, I'm going to go back further. I'm going to go back even further. I think I was like eight years old. And originally, I was granted a wish from the Starlight Foundation, which is like make a wish. Um, I'm sure they have the equivalent of that, like in Canada. Yeah, yeah, we do. Make a wish in Canada. But it's the equivalent of make a wish. Um but it's for it, they grant wishes for kids and teens with disabilities and chronic illnesses. And originally they came to me and they're like, you know, what do, what do you want for your wish? And initially I had said I was playing a computer game with my dad. 
And initially I had said that, and that game was set in London. And initially I had said, I don't want to go to London. I really, really wanted to go to London. The game was set in London. I was fascinated by London and Victoria Station and all these places. And it took a while for them to like, you know, get back to me. And they came back to me when I was like 10. And they said like, are you sure this is what you want? And I said, no, I don't want to do that. I wanted, um, like, this was my favorite show at the time was Nickelodeon's The Sequel of Alex Mack. And mm-hmm. I want to go and meet Larissa Olenek. Um, I want to meet her. I'm like determined. I, I have to meet her. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, no, it gets even better. Um, because we're we're friends now. But um Look so I want to wow. meet her. So I so I got to go on set and I the showrunner of the of Alex Mack actually put me behind the camera. I was 10 years old. He put me behind the camera in July 1997. And he uh, let me film. It was the series finale and he let me film. Uh, I have pictures of this. I could send you pictures of this. Yes, please. He he, he, uh, let me film uh, like direct like the show. He let me look behind the camera and film like the, the series finale of the show. And that experience and being on set with them that day, it changed my whole life. And I do, you know, when I went to do my dissertation, I did reconnect with Larissa, um, oh God, in 2014 or something. We I got to see her in a play and I had surprised her and I was like, do you remember me? And she was like, of course. And, and we've been in touch ever since. And then when I went to do my PhD, I told her, I was like, I want to get you involved in this somehow and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, COVID hit and I'm still very COVID cautious. So I wanted to do this on Zoom because I was like, I think it would be easier plus to get like more people, more audience uh, to watch it. And then I can always send the recording out, you know, if people can't yeah. make it, I think it would be easier. It would be easier to get cast because people can come in from all over and I don't have to get cast like all in one space like it's too much of a pain so I told my advisor I was like I want to do this on zoom and I kept in touch with Larissa and I kept in touch with the with the showrunner and um I said you know will you I messaged her and I was like will you I texted her and I was like will you I have a small really small part for you will you read and she was like yeah and I was, so I was like texting my friends like crying because I was like yeah, of course of course <laughs> who wouldn't be excited like that that's amazing yeah, like, that's amazing. so it was an amazing moment and if you listen to the recording I do dedicate I do in the acknowledgments acknowledge Larissa and Tommy um because meeting them it did change my life and it did have an impact on me and obviously you know, I, I obviously had an impact on them as well. And they stayed for my entire dissertation, like the, wow. the whole recording on Zoom. And they like, I have like the transcript of like the, you know, the messages people leave in the chat and they would be like, you know, I love you. We're so proud of you. And I'm just like, oh, like, wow. You know? well, well, I mean, putting something like that in the world. The full circle moment. Like that's. Yeah. Oh, it's it was such an incredible full circle moment for me of course you know I want to work with her again and of course I want both of us to get paid because I couldn't pay my actors for this they were just you know doing it out of the kind of you do you mean you don't have a million dollars to pay you mean, yeah, exactly you mean, I don't have a million dollars and I mean you know, really yeah and I'll talk about 
about, you know, breaking into the industry and why I haven't been able to and stuff like that. We'll, we'll get into that conversation too, because I think it's important. Um, yeah. But I, I really, that was something that I just, it meant so much to me that she was there and, you know, celebrating with me and, and I, I'd love to work with her again, hands down. We'll also talk about like my dream casting if you want to. Cause yeah, 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 please actors, yeah, a lot of the actors I want to work with aren't disabled, but I it's like a dream of mine to work with them. And like, I keep trying to like put it out there. Like, it's, yeah. it's hard. I mean, it can be, it can be super tough to do what, to get, to get people to listen to our stories and to want to yeah, listen to our stories. It, it is. It's, it's really hard. And I also had a conversation with Larissa a few years ago and like, she's just very respectful about like, she'd be like, is, is disabled the right word to use and stuff. And she was on a series with um, disabled actors. It was called uh, The Healing Powers of Dude. I wrote about that series as well. I don't think she I ever saw that mom. one. Yeah, she played the mom. It was a comedy. It was about a boy with social anxiety disorder and uh, a friend of the boys is a wheelchair user also. So that was really cool to see that representation. Yeah, yeah. They they had a they had a the lift in you know that girls trailer like it was no big deal like they made the accommodations yeah like she's like yeah like it was fine like and I was like this is how it should be yeah it was but, the like, same when I like, when about it... like writers rooms and stuff and I know you wanted to like talk about my journey as a writer but like my beef with the entertainment industry is even before COVID I remember. Like, I remember being in my master's program. I went from, I've gone straight through school. So I went from my bachelor's to my master's to my PhD straight through. And I remember going into graduate school and I was in like a TV drama writing class. And I was excited to be in it because uh, I didn't get to do TV drama writing in undergrad. I was teaching myself. Like, when I first started writing scripts, I was teaching myself, like, People, like, even though I took screenwriting classes in undergrad, I wasn't taking them right away. So I was teaching myself how to write scripts. And I was, you know, reading on blogs and, and books and stuff. And we didn't have social media the way it is now. Like, this was 2009, 2010. So I mean, part of me is like, then. part of me, part of me is like, yeah. thank God we didn't have social media. Like, I, I, I use social media for a lot, a lot for what I do, but I also, yeah. I also can't wait for the day that it dies and it's nobody. <laughs> like, we, I mean, have... we, we had it. It just wasn't the way it is now. Like it was very different. Like it was, it was kind of just starting to be something. And I remember like, so, so to break in as a TV writer, at least back then, um, you needed to have spec scripts of existing shows. So you needed to have, like uh, whatever shows that were existing, you needed to show that you could write in the vein of those shows. So if you were a comedy writer, you needed solid comedy spec scripts, not just your own pilots, but like solid comedy scripts or a drama right. writer, solid drama script. So I, the very first spec script I wrote because I loved the show was for the series Medium on NBC, CBS. Oh wow, and cool. It was about Alison Dubois, the ghost, the the dead person that she saw had cerebral palsy and was like a college student. Uh and she uses crutches and stuff. So like that was the first uh spec script that I wrote. I was inspired because 
Uh, Jason Priestley had a guest appearance on it, and I was a huge fan of his from not 90210, but from uh, True Calling, which we'll talk about that too, because that is the love of my life. It's the love of my life. It was filmed in Vancouver. It's amazing. Um, But he did a guest spot on that, and I, I saw that show, and I was like, I, I could write a script for that show very naively. And I've been writing fanfic up to that point. Like I had just started writing scripts and teaching myself how to do all that. And uh, I I don't know, I really wanted to write a spec script for this show. So that was the first show that I wrote a spec script for. And then I wrote other scripts, like uh, they're really bad, but Dollhouse, Army Wives, uh, Community, which is a comedy. I love Community. I mean, comedy. Community was Amazing. my jam for a good. It is incredible, yeah. For a good and couple so years, I would just teach myself, and then I got into graduate school. I really, why I wanted to go to grad school was because I wanted more training in screenwriting, and that's also when I uh, became more interested in fiction writing too. My best friend and I wrote a pilot together before I right before I went into grad school. We wrote a pilot, a supernatural drama together. And then we started like writing stories and stuff about those characters. But like, they weren't like, it wasn't a script. It was just like short stories and novellas and stuff because we loved the characters and we couldn't do anything with the pilot. Um, Didn't have anything to do with disability really, but I later introduced disabled characters to our canon. And I've been writing in that world for I don't know, 10 years, long time. So I I went into graduate school knowing I wanted to do TV writing and um, the the TV drama teacher who I really, really love, I like, I have nothing bad against her, but when I asked her like, hey, you know, and Zoom wasn't a thing yet, but I was like, hey, like, in order for me to work in a writer's room, I need to do it virtually because I can't drive. Yeah. because of like my hyperacusis and stuff, my invisible disabilities, I can't drive. And like, I need to work in a room that's on Skype. And I was like, isn't that something that's possible? And she kind of said that it like wasn't possible. And this was like before Zoom. And I was just like, and I was thinking to myself, like, there's no way, like it has to be possible. And I get invited to like, when I got into my PhD and stuff, I, I get invited to like, speak on these panels this was before covid um in person because i don't do that stuff anymore but i don't do in-person stuff as much anymore but i i would get invited to speak on these panels and i'd get on with like big name people and i would say like in order to make your writer's room accessible you need to have at least a remote option to work remotely because writer's rooms you know they function but they can they can be remote like a lot of jobs can be remote and people would just stare at me like I grew two heads or something. <laughs> and it was really frustrating because I'm trying to break into the industry and I can't do the jobs that my friends can do. I can't be a showrunner's assistant or a writer's assistant. Like I have the scripts because I have my own pilots and stuff like that, but I I can't do the jobs that they're doing. Right. I'm, ways to break in is writer's assistant showrunner's assistant I can't physically do those jobs because they need a car and they need to be more physical can't do them but I can be remote in a writer's room and there's not a lot of showrunners except for the showrunner of Alex Mack who's amazing but there's not a lot of showrunners who 
are open still to Zoom rooms. And because of the pandemic, which is still ongoing, um, it's, you know, it's shown that that is possible. And it frustrates me because I'm applying for these opportunities and I'm not getting them because I don't have industry experience. Like I'm applying to these big TV writing fellowships that have like 3000 applications and they only take like five, eight people. And I'll get really, sometimes I'll get really close. Like I got really, really close with the NBC fellowship. Like in 2022, I was like top 20 out of 3000. Wow. Yeah, I was so close. And then they called me uh, and to, to, to say, like, who, you know, the, the people they selected and it was me. So, like, I was uh. so, so, I've been so close so many times. Um, and I have done some fellowships, like, that have been online. I did Lambda Literary, had a, a screenwriting uh, one that was online. They do mostly for uh fiction but they've done it yeah. for for screenwriting and they had one that was online one year I think they're back to in person now but I got into that I did get into a disabled writers mentorship last year that was wonderful that was virtual but what I'm saying is like there's not a lot of opportunities like that and that makes it very difficult for disabled writers and you wonder why disabled writers some, some really cool famous people follow me on instagram recently um so i'm just gonna shout them out here because they have money and yeah. power so listen anna paquin if you're listening and you know show writer people like uh here you uh, hi hire hire disabled writers in your writer's room um yeah hire disabled writers randy harrison from queer's folk you just follow me today uh if you know showrunner people, I mean, I don't know if you do, but if you listen, Ryan O'Connell, you're my friend. You've been on the show. <laughs> if you want to, you know, if you want, okay, I'm available. Yeah, like, like hire us. We're here. Yeah, um, seriously. I wrote like, like thirty six scripts, so like I'm exhausted. <laughs> seriously, hire Lara because. Oh, thank you. I mean, that pilot sounds incredible and I want it to be produced. Uh, Thank you. But let's back up a little bit because <laughs> I haven't even touched the first question that I want to ask you. Um, Sorry. No, I love it. I love it. I said we're going to go off on tangents and we did. Amazing. We did. So let's back up a little bit. Yeah. Can you tell us what your disabilities are and how they impact yeah. your daily life? Oh my gosh. So I I was born with cerebral palsy. I have also scoliosis. Hey, um, me too. Hey, hey. Yeah. Awesome. Woo! Yay, scoliosis and CP. Um, and I have, I was late diagnosed ADHD. Um, I also have hyperacusis, which was from my cerebral palsy, which is like a sensory disability. People have said it's a startle reflex. For me, it's way more than a startle. It's way, way more than that. Um, because it affects me so much that I I can't drive because if someone honks their horn I'm gonna jump and yeah you in know, the same way maybe I, maybe I have that I mean they've always called it the starter reflex for me too but I've never heard it called hyperacusis maybe that's what it's called oh wow I... it's basically collapse tolerance to sound that's what yeah. it is yeah I have the exact same problem I can't drive because if I 
if I even got scared, if I looked down and I said, if I was on the road and somebody, something happened and I got scared, I would probably do, I would probably have a, have a reaction. Reflexes to drive. Like, I remember talking to friends about this. Like, they're like, Yeah, you need to have good reflexes to drive. And I'm like, Yeah, that's not me. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, also, I have pretty severe PTSD, um, anxiety, depression. Hey, me too. Um, hey, possibly uh... autistic. I'm I'm thinking more and more, yes, I am autistic, but it's it's I was it's... saying to you off the air, and I'm not a doctor, so please don't don't take anything I say with any kind of medical certainty, but I feel like there's a big connection between autism and CP. Am I wrong? I don't know. Like, yeah, um, I I need to look into that more because I do know a few people with autism and CP, but I don't know a lot of people, but I think the reason why neurodivergence is getting diagnosed later in people, especially like in, in female presenting people is because like, especially with people like us, like there's so many other things that we're dealing with, with CP and other stuff, yeah. that, stuff gets overshadowed. And like, even like in school with IEPs and stuff, that stuff's going to get overshadowed because they're looking at, you know, what can you do physically and like motor wise and stuff. So I think that that for us specifically, well, for people with mobility disabilities, that's what gets, um overshadowed so like I think those are all I mean those are a lot of disabilities but yeah that's pretty much so you're I just a, so you're just a fun smorgasbord of like fun smorgasbord of stuff awesome <laughs> I think that's amazing I like well me too me too because I have yes CP scoliosis um I thought it was irritable bowel syndrome but I learning I'm I don't know if it's that anymore I thought for years I had that and now I think it's just um, chronic constipation brought on by CP. I, yeah, I was thinking that same because I also have chronic constipation and I was talking to a friend who has IBS and I was like, it couldn't be IBS, but I don't think so. I think it's just, yeah, I think it's just it's chronic constipation. It's okay. Well, sidebar, let's go, let's do it on the air here. There is a laxative called lactulose. It has changed my life, changed my life. Really? I started taking it to, Anyone listening? Yeah, we're talking about poo. But I started taking it yeah. um, about two, three months ago, and I have felt so much better. Cause... Really? I'll look into that. I do take something, like, occasionally, and then I just take prunes, and I, I don't drink enough water either. And like, Oh, I, and I fully... water, people. Drink uh, water. Yeah. People say that all the time, and the problem with the drink water people is that, like, Cool, is the bathroom accessible? Cool, is someone gonna help us go pee? Cool, is there like cool? Can I is it in is there enough room for my chair and my caregiver? Cool, like am I gonna be out somewhere? Cool, if I ask for help, are you gonna do it? Like 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 what? There's so many layers to the drink water thing. Yes, yeah. we should all drink more water. But if we're gonna if we're gonna do that, shouldn't everywhere be accessible? Exactly. Like, cause I, I mean, I stay home a lot so I can, and I do use the bathroom by myself most of the time. Whoa, jealous. I, I wish I could. Wow. Amazing. I, yeah. It's not, not getting, getting ready like in the morning. I need help and stuff like that. But like I do most of the time, but it's just, I, when I, when I have accidents or, I mean, we've, we've talked about this off the air, so and I don't mind talking about it because I do yeah, have, I did a whole, 
confidence is important. Yeah, like, of course. That's when I need help. So like, you know, stuff happens. Like literally, shit happens. So literally, yeah. But okay. I'm. But as somebody who was dealing with what I now think is chronic constipation for like literally seven years, that taking the laxative, I used to have an accident almost every other day. I haven't had an accident in like three months. So if you want me to tell you, like, that's incredible. Yeah. So if you want me to, to show you what I got and see what they have on in like the U.S. side, like maybe give that a shot. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. I I would try because I I do prunes. I eat prunes and then you know just try to do high fiber, drink some water. I have my water with me here now. Um, you know stuff like you that. Like but big... it doesn't always. It doesn't always do enough yeah i know i i i because what i was dealing with and we're gonna just let's just go right into poo what i was dealing with was i because i was so constipated i couldn't i would be constipated but then the poo would go around it so it would look like diarrhea so i was worried oh my gosh i was worried all the time about that happening um content warning if you don't like poo talk stop now uh so um I would it would look like diarrhea and I every time I would eat something my belly would hurt and so I had a prescription for this laxative but I wasn't taking it because I heard laxative and I thought oh I'm gonna have diarrhea all the time so I said no and so my attendant was like just try try it for a few days if we need to clean you up we will and I was like okay and I did and within I swear to god within three days I did not hurt anymore and I was like what is this I don't understand so oh that's incredible that's absolutely incredible. I was, I mean, it's only, it could only be my experience. I don't know for everyone else, but like it changed. And I was so like, I don't know. I think you follow me on social media. You probably see me yeah, like, talk about poo all the time. I haven't yeah. posted a poo update in a while because I don't need to, because I'm feeling better. It's very, it's very. That's great. amazing. Congratulations. Seriously. Cause I tried Miralax and that did not work for me at all which is here. I don't know if they have that in Canada. Yeah, but we do. We do. Yeah, it yeah. didn't work for me. <laughs> um. Well, I'll, I can, I'll send you the name of it off the air because I want you to be, I want you to feel better. And I know, like I know from first-hand experience, it's the pit. It's not fun. It's really horrible. It's terrible. It feels terrible because it's like, then you're like, I can't go. And you're spending your whole day around, I need to use the bathroom. And when can I use the bathroom? Yeah. And then I can't. And then and then if you eat something wrong, your body is like, well, now it's going to happen whether you want to do it or not. And it's like, oh, great. Exactly. So, yeah. No, I'm glad we talk about it because I, I hope it normalizes, you know, for people who also have you know, incontinence issues that, you know, it, that it's okay. And like, be kind to yourself and stuff. Cause we're all like hard on ourselves when it comes to that. Cause we're older and it's like, it yeah. can be embarrassing, but like, it's part of, you know, just it's part of humaning. So, it's part of being human. I mean, speaking of yeah. like to tie it, to tie washroom stuff back to the entertainment industry. Did you hear what Christopher Nolan said about bathroom breaks? Did you read that? Oh no, I didn't. But I did read something about like he doesn't allow chairs on the set. That was okay. Two things. That's Bradley Cooper. It doesn't allow chairs on set because oh, he doesn't like sitting down. Fuck you. You're an idiot. Um, and then apparently Christopher Nolan doesn't like doesn't like it when his actors use the bathroom because it takes away from the time and the time. And all I could think was like <laughs> all I could think was like, 
What if they have a bladder problem? What if they have incontinence issues? What if they have a disability that requires that they pee a lot? Like, what if fucking Anne Hathaway came up to him on set and was like, dude, I have IBS. I need to, like... What if they have diabetes? What if they don't feel them? Yeah, like, what, what are you talking about you don't like when your actors use the bathroom? And I think, like, it could have been a joke, but it was in, like, Vanity Fair, The Hollywood Reporter. And I was like... Yeah, because Robert Downey Jr. said, like, he was joking. He was like, oh, Christopher Nolan just like when we use the bathroom. And I'm sure it was the ingest. But if there's, like, even a kernel of truth to that, are you ridiculous? What are you talking about? Like, how ableist can you be on a set? Like, what? That's so ableist. That's, like, ridiculous. No, that is so ridiculous. I'm, I'm cringing right now. Like, my whole body just went tight. Like, Yeah, it's gross. So bad. It's really, I'm really, uh, you know, and we we talk about wanting opportunities. Well, you know what? If you put a disabled person on set, they're gonna want to fucking go pee. Okay, they're gonna. Yeah, we're gonna need some basic accommodation, and that's the thing. It's like people. I just saw an article. It's not related to the entertainment industry, but it's related to like work in general. That like all these CEOs are like, oh, back back to an office, back to an office, and like how. Being how being remote decreases productivity, which is not true. And like, can you believe the the Zoom? Can you believe the Zoom CEO said that the Zoom the the CEO of like are you a freaking idiot? How can you say you're the CEO of Zoom, the biggest fucking video platform in the world right now, and we all use it to get through the pandemic or to get through it's still happening, but to get through like the parts of the pandemic? Yeah, parts. How can you say that it's like, are you what? And like, I I really wanted to bring this up as well in that because the pandemic is ongoing. And I think we did talk a little bit about this. I think off the air last time we're having a whole, like in the U S Canada and around the world, a whole new, you know, bunch of disabled people coming in because they've been disabled by COVID and long COVID and other issues because of their COVID infections and they can't get the resources that they need so now you're denying all work and you're having more disabled people and like they can't apply for benefits and like all this oh yeah how problematic that is like it's just capitalism on top of capitalism on top of capitalism on top of exactly like and it makes me really fucking annoyed. And it's just like, why can't we, like, why? We all, we always say we want to do stuff for the disabled community. And then we do shit like this. And it's like, well, if you really want to do exactly. stuff, like, what are you on about? Are you, are you ridiculous? Um, there was something I wanted to ask you. About. Oh, yeah. So, you know that I talk a lot about being severely disabled on my, on my, on the stuff that I do. And I would love yeah. your thoughts on not my experience, but like, do you, would you consider yourself a severely disabled person? See, we were texting about this and I was thinking about that and I was like, I don't know because like, I don't, I don't know what to consider myself because I hear from like, like, I love you mom and I love, I love mom and dad, but like, so I'll have people say, or like, they'll say like, oh, you know, like I'll have trouble opening a jar or something, and they'll be like, "Oh, like you can? Why can't you do that yourself?" Or why? Can't, and it's like sometimes you just can't do stuff. Yeah, I don't. I'm not trying to be lazy. 
I, I don't know whether I consider myself severely disabled or not because I've I've never looked at it from like the perspective that you look at it. Like I do consider myself disabled. Yeah. But I I also do recognize within that that there it's okay to not be able to do things. Yeah. And that yes, we talked about yes, our disabilities do stop us. So I don't know. Well, I'm not sure whether I would consider myself severely disabled. I do understand that there are things that our bodies are always changing and that there are things that I'm not able to do or sometimes I'm able to do and sometimes I'm not or, you know, stuff like that. Like bodies change, people change. And I think that's how I kind of look at it. Like, I don't know whether to consider myself severely disabled or not because I'm not sure, like, like, I know this sounds weird, child, like, talking to you about it, like, it's... Oh, no, 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 it totally doesn't sound weird, I think. No, but, like, I, I don't, I don't know how I say it, like, I don't know if I, like, qualify for something like that, like, don't know yeah, what yeah, that yeah, yeah. parameters of that would look like, Yeah. but I do think that if people want to use that label, then they should, I mean, I I know there are things that I, because of the rods in my back and because of, you know, certain things that I have that I'll never be able to do. And I know that I have to keep that in mind for the future that like, there might be other things in the future that I won't be able to do that I can do now. But like, I think about it in that way. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. I just, you know, I'm asking everybody now, everybody that I see with a disability and I'm like, hey, what do you, what do you think about this? Because for me, it's such an important, it's something that I've only started recently kind of qualifying in my experience with disability. And yeah. the number of people that have gotten angry with me for like talking about it and like choosing that label, I, I was surprised. I was like, wow, I didn't realize that my choice for myself upset you so exactly. much. Wow. You're choosing it for yourself. Like you're not saying they should identify that way. Yeah. So I don't understand like why... It's they really, it, it's weird. I'm, I'm, you know, so let's get into it. So we, not, not that whole story, but like we talked a, bit, a little bit earlier off the line, offline about like, you know, I think in our disabled community, sometimes I have trouble calling the disabled community, the community, because I feel like we don't, we don't like each other very much sometimes. And it's really, and I'm guilty of it too. So I'm not saying that I'm immune from it, but like, it's really frustrating. I think because so many of us are chronically online because we can't get out because of the pandemic, because of all the things like if you're constantly online and you're like doing disability advocacy online, if another person with a disability has a different viewpoint from you, like you don't have to cut them down. It's okay to just be like, cool. We don't agree. Bye. Yeah. And like, I think also to bring, to bring up your point about being online more, even before the pandemic, because I don't drive and because of other things, you know, I've been very involved in fandom. Like I write fanfic and stuff. And I, I've met a lot of my friends online, like not just disabled people, but like, you know, people from all over the world and stuff, because, you know, I and have those friendships and they're very important to me. And some are disabled and some are not, but because I can't, do you know can't get out and there's a pandemic and there's you know all these other things so I have you know friendships like that but then I also see like being a part of disability communities like when I was a part of disability communities in person when I was an undergrad I was treated very badly I was really severely bullied and stuff and 
like really, really severely bullied. I had money stolen. I had, whoa, uh, yeah, I had money stolen. I was made fun of. They called me weird, bizarre. Um, I was made fun of because I didn't drink. I was made fun of because I was hit by a car. Like they knew I had been hit by the car. Um, I was hit by a car as a freshman in college and they knew that and they made, I'm not gonna, I won't say names obviously, but um, they decided to like make fun of me anyway. One of them tried other, to- Other, wait a minute, other disabled folks did this to you? Other disabled folks, yeah, other disabled what? folks did this to me. Okay. It was really bad. And I don't mind talking about it now because it's been so many years and I'm not gonna name names. Yeah, yeah, we can totally like go to another, we can go on another topic, no problem. But, yes, um, yeah, but like, no, like I won't name names or anything, but like, it was so bad that like, I mean, it was, I was just, I mean, I, I experienced almost being raped. Like it was, it was uh, really, it was, wow. yeah, people, like people don't get that it can be so bad. And I, I, I mean, and these the people who did bully and harass me, they were older than me. I was in my early twenties and they were older than me. And, um, it's just it's hard when you're like I I questioned the whole thing at Crip Camp and Crip Camp was like oh find your community and disability and stuff when like but how could I find community when people are like treating me so badly and I'm not doing like I'm just being myself and yeah, saying I'm... I don't want to drink like <laughs> wow um okay so editing Andrew put a content warning where the the Place yeah, where... sorry, put a content warning. I'll yeah. put a content warning right at the beginning because I don't want to forget about that. But thank you for being so candid about that because we yeah, don't I talk about you. it enough in the community and we don't talk about it enough, but it happened. it's happened to me. I've had disabled people treat me really horribly too. And it's hard to, when we're told by everyone else looking outside that like, we're a community, we're all supposed to come in this together. And it's like, well, but really? Because like, People with that, and that's why I started using severely disabled because I felt like this population was just ignored by everyone else. And it was really, it's really hard to constantly see other creators or other disabled folks and, and good for them, do your own thing. But to see like them get all these accolades for being a sports person and for doing all the stuff, which is exactly. again, amazing, great for you. So happy. But some people just can't get out of bed and that's fine. Like, yeah. And we need to have like discussions about these communities. We need to have a discussion about bullying in the within the disability community because what happened to you and what you just described, and thank you for being so honest about it, like should of should never I don't mind. like you should it should never have happened. And it kind of it kind of sickens me a little bit to know that like other disabled folks who would who would who would then turn around and say, Well, I'm disabled and I'm oppressed and all these things. Yeah. Would and, do that to and you. They would use marginalizations as a shield for their bad behavior and they're people of color too like they weren't white and, and i won't say like what their marginalizations are but they would use their marginalizations they would use like i'm disabled or i'm you know whatever you know as a shield for their shitty behavior and, and like and that's just, that, that was not okay yeah and I, i've had i've had similar i'm not going to get into the whole story but i've had yeah. similar things happen to me and it's to watch that and to watch how quickly our communities turn on us when we when we openly talk about it, it makes my I like it makes me upset. So so because, yeah. because I don't want to get too upset about it because it well, but but obviously, but I did want to bring it up because I feel like it's something 
Uh, and we spent a good like 20 minutes the other day on we spent a good, like texting the other day talking about it and I'm so glad that yeah. I'm so glad that somebody was bringing it up so thank you for doing that um of course yeah let's shift to a happier topic though um, yes. what about your disability brings you joy oh that's such a good question okay like no one's ever asked me that question what I really think, I think so yeah um wow Ability brings me joy. I think the ability to adapt and like I know that that could also be like a double-edged sword but I think just knowing because I'm used to like adapting to certain situations and like oh yeah I know how to do this because like I have to adapt my environment so I think that that brings me joy because knowing that I'm easy like that I'm able to do that without like the same maybe issues that others might have um and also just being creative and putting putting you know trying to get my work out into the world that brings me joy um this is gonna sound well no it's not sound silly I have I have two dogs I have a little shepherd mix 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 thing Lizzie she's all black and then I have a a palm ski Pomeranian husky named Bailey and he likes to sit on my lap He's a Pomsky. He sits on my lap and rides around in my chair. And, and that <laughs> brings me joy because he'll just sit on my lap in my chair and just, he just is like, okay, time for a ride. Like, that brings that's me That's adorable. Joy. Like, that's, I <laughs> I haven't had a dog since I was a kid. I had a, when I was growing up, I had a golden retriever um, named Flash, his name's Flash, but we called him Flash Doodle because we're just silly kids. And he knew when I, when he was a puppy, he knew that I was in a wheelchair. So when he would get scared, he would run underneath my wheelchair and sit there to to feel safe. And it was the cute. It was the cutest thing. And then when it, when he got bigger, he would see me come home from the school bus. I told you, audience, we're going off on a big tangency. He would see me come home on the school bus, and he would run out the door to me and jump on my lap like a, I, an eighty pound golden retriever would jump on my lap, and I. Haven't had a dog since because I can't take care of him on my own. But I, yeah. what I would give to have another golden retriever. Oh, I'd be so happy. The best. The oh best. my god, like, dogs are the best. So, so they definitely bring bring me joy uh, in in my life and you know with my disability. And I know they don't understand like everything, but I think they see the chair and they're like, okay. You know, like yeah, they know they're they're so smart. They know there's something yeah. going on. They may not know what it is like entirely, but they know there's something going on. Like my 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 puppy knew my favorite thing that he did. He knew when it was dinner time because uh-huh. because of my hyperacusis. Now I know what it is. I'll use the term all the time yeah. now. Uh, because of that, I would drop food on the floor, and he was like, "Oh, I'm right there to get it to, to get it for you. Don't worry, I'll I'll eat it up for you." Like so. If I would drop any food in the floor, he was right there and he loved me because he knew that I would do that. Dogs are also vacuum cleaners. So yeah. yeah. And especially if you have CP, you drop shit a lot and you drop food a yeah. lot. Dogs are yeah. great. Amazing for that. Um so you talked a little bit about how you write fanfic. So and I yeah. I have never really written that, but I loved I used to read like sexy fanfic fanfic when I was younger. <laughs> uh, yeah. Not so much anymore. I'm not. I don't want to go down the erotic, the erotic 
when, yeah. but I just wanted to say that, that I read that. But if you could write, because I know you love TV and I know you love entertainment, if you could write, like, other than your amazing already written pilot, if you could write, like, another piece of fanfic and include disability in there from a popular show, say, in the last, say, in the last 10, 20 years, what would you want to do? Um, If I could do any for any show. Yeah, sure. Sure. Like to bring it back or to like include disability representation in whatever you want. But okay, so what I have been writing fanfic for, and I've been doing this on and off for 20 years, is this show called True Calling. And it came on like after Buffy was was ended, it, it came on and it's about it's Eliza Dushku and Jason Priestley and Zach Galifianakis. And it's about a woman who has just graduated from college and she works in a morgue and the dead bodies who come into the morgue say like, help me. And her day restarts and she has to like save it. It's like Groundhog Day meets like Run Lola Run. Um, and Jason Priestley kind of plays like her like nemesis because he believes that like, you know, the dead just say dead and stuff, but like they're kind of like opposites. But um, I think that they should like they never explored this in the show because it got canceled. But I do think that they should have had like a romance hooked up and whatever. So I wrote so my very the very first disabled character that I ever wrote was I wrote um their characters are named True and Jack. So I wrote um True and Jack's daughter and her name is Clarity and she's disabled. She has CP and I wanted to write about this was like in two thousand seven. Like I was just you know, starting to write about disability. And um, it was it was the very first disabled character I wrote. I wanted to write about like how I see the world from my perspective. And I would yeah. post this online and people responded and they said to me like, oh, I hadn't thought about like disability in that way or CP in that way. And I was making people more aware. And that's when I started thinking like, oh, I can do that in other things like other scripts and other stories and stuff like that, but it was writing that character specifically, and I still sometimes do go back and write her, or write, you know, fanfic in that world, Yeah. but if I could bring any show back, uh, back from the dead, ironically, it would probably be because that show never had a continuation, I don't know if I would put disability rep in it, unless it was like PTSD, but I, I would love to, like, I mean, I couldn't, because it's too old now, but, yeah. um, I, I, so everything I write has been like inspired in part by that show. It's so important to me. Wow, seriously. I, Anna Paquette, I would if, if you're listening. Write, yeah. I would love to write, oh my God. If Jason Priestley could direct something that I write. Well, let me just put the words of the listen, Anna Paquin. I don't know if you listen to my show, but I know you follow me on Instagram. <laughs> listen, Anna Paquin, if you know Jason Priestley or know somebody who knows Jason Priestley, yeah. Do, do, I, do, He's amazing, and I want him to direct. I'd love for him to direct my dissertation. Like that Jason, script. That Jason Priestley, listen, I'm Canadian. You're Canadian. Like exactly. Lara lived there in Canada a little bit. Like Canadian. Come, come, like come talk with us. And hey, Ryan O'Connell, if if on the off chance you're listening to this episode, let me put you in touch with Lara because. Because yeah, well, I should do that anyway. You know what? I'm gonna do that anyway. You two should be friends because what you what you described about being in a car accident and all of those things, like he was in a car accident. He, yeah, like that's literally the start of special. What you just described was the yeah. When I saw it, I was like, oh, I see my life. 
oh, it's me. Yeah. Like season three, special spinoff. Like also the name of the character, Clarity, just to be silly, you should name her Charity. And she should be uh, she should yeah. be she should be in a I think cheat me because I like cherries. I mean red is my favorite color. My favorite color is purple. But I do have people tease me because then they're like, oh, like your chair, you should call it like chariot or something. Like <laughs> I love cherries and chariot. <laughs> yeah, I know. I used to make the joke that that power wheelchair users are royalty because back in the day royalty was the only one that was allowed to use a wheelchair so it's like our chariot stupid stupid but it was i I really hope that you know whoever listens to this um you know does appreciate like all the different topics that we've talked about because i do have a lot of these conversations like offline like with you through text and with other friends through text like about our bodies and And you know talking to you over text is it was so nice because I was like, oh my god, she gets it, she understands what I'm talking about. Like it's so Yeah, it was so great. It was so refreshing. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. Like, like I have a friend for life now who gets it. Who I yes. Just... And like I always feel like in this like, community too. Like we need people who get it and who understand like us. So like why is there so much division? Inciting and division. I can't, it makes me like I used to want it. I, when I was wanting to be a fame whore, I'm, I'm a fame whore. When I, like, and I used to want to go viral. And I want to do all this stuff. And now I'm just like, I want I want to have my little community and I want nobody to fight and I want nobody to whatever. I just want happy like people. And I like, I don't care what you call yourself. I don't care if you use the word handicapped. I don't care if you use the word like handicapers. I don't, I don't care. Not that I would do that, but like. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, kind of like when I hear people do it, I'm like, eh, but it's okay. Yeah, like I guess if you want to use that, that's not for me. What I'm saying is like, if you're happy and you're not hurting anybody, then why are we like? I spend so much time with my activism just talking about my experience. People get so angry, and I'm like, what are we? Are we? Are we really fighting? I don't understand. Like. What, why do people get angry? Like, if you're saying this is my experience and I'm talking about it from this my experience, you know, yeah, my experience, like, why are people then they're just discounting your experience instead of being like, hey, that's your experience, here's mine, or hey, I hear you, I'm with you, and that's yeah, yeah. it. Or, like, I don't, I don't agree, but thank you for sharing it, or whatever. It is. I don't agree, but thank you, exactly. Yeah, exactly. yeah, like, why can't we leave it at that? Um, Oh, so the the thing that I would turn into fanfic, and I did an episode of this show like, God, two three years ago now. The thing that I would turn into fanfic. Do you remember You've Got Mail? Yes, I do. Okay, I'm obsessed with Meg Ryan. I <laughs> that movie is my one of my favorite movies in the whole world. I love it so much because it's so silly and so cute. I would love that movie if she were disabled, if she were in a wheelchair. How would she? What would that? Oh wow! That, I see a while but now you're having me think like that whole movie would, that whole movie would completely be different because how would she get from her apartment to the shop how would how would they have to make the shops so she get around how would they how would she meet him at like whatever spot they have to go to meet each other like and then we could talk about in the film like they use computers technology is different now so they could redo it and have her like on a yeah a zoom or a skype or uh you know what a, like and talking about how she needs 
different technology to be okay. And so, like, I think that would be great. That would like, be amazing. Yeah, like, I, I mean, the reason why I took the pilot and I was like, no, this is not enough. Like, and I adapted it into a novel was because I really like fiction. I really like writing fiction, and I am a published author. I will promote that at the end. At the do it, end do it, do it. Pr promote, promote. But um, but I. Like I, the reason why I did that was because I was like, we need to see this in multiple formats. And I really do like writing fiction. So I hope to get, if I can't at least get the, you know, pilot version out there, I would yeah. love to get the novel version out there. And I am going to query it this year in 2024. And I'm working on that novel version. And I'm working also on um, a young adult horror novel. Whoa! Um, do you need a and, Do you need like a Do you need a, like a sensitivity reader? Because all that sounds amazing, and I want to read. Yeah, I I'm doing it kind of like my own from some like my own experience. But if you want to beta read it, I would love that. I mean, I really do. Um, I really would love to. Like, you pay me yeah. nothing, and I'll just read it. Like, oh, so I adapted. Like, I had a horror pilot, and then I decided to adapt it into a novel. But I actually changed. For that one, I actually changed, like, my pilot was more, like, adult with the character. The main character was in her 40s, and for the novel, I made the character, like, 18. Yeah. Um. So I, I totally changed the age and changed, like, the dynamic. But I, I don't know. I just think that, like, talking about, or what we talked about earlier, touching on it again, about, like, creating opportunities, especially as disabled people, I really, I remember being in my master's, and someone came into our business of screenwriting class and said, if you have a pilot or a screenplay, like, turn it, see if you could turn it into like another format, like a novel or a graphic novel or a podcast or something else, because that script might not sell. But if you put it in another format, you know, maybe that'll sell. And it's so hard to get into the entertainment industry and like you can't query to get into you know screenwriting you can't query you could send query letters when you when you're writing books to get traditionally yeah. published you query agents you can't do that in screenwriting so like I remember this person came in and said like if you have a feature screenplay or a pilot you know turn it into a novel and I really love reading and I, I'm an avid reader I read 89 books in 2023 wow um, are you like are you are you a, are you a book talk girly is that I, like I'm not a book talker but I, I love to read and I love to look at you know bookstagram and uh the YouTube booktube on YouTube yeah. and stuff like that and I, I, I love that so I think I really wanted to you know really trying to like teach myself you know the craft of fiction more like not just fanfic but you know my own fiction and I also want to promote before we before we go because I don't know how much time we have since we both have cerebral palsy I was thinking about this there are novels written by um authors with cerebral palsy I am one of them but I'll, I'll save my novel for last I would recommend people check out um Where You See Yourself by Claire Forrest which is a why a contemporary novel um oh my gosh what what is the name of her two novels melissa c writes has two young adult novels one is called you me and our heartstrings and one is called love letters for joy and then kia brown has i think it's called the sweet summer promise 
And these are all authors with cerebral palsy. So yeah, it's like Q, Q actual Brown. CP representation. And then my story, I have a story in the anthology Being Ace, edited by Madeline Dyer. Amazing um, that you have it in there because you know who else is in there? Yeah. My friend, Cody. Cody. Oh my gosh, you're friends with Cody. Yeah, yeah. Oh so, my God. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, my story is called The Hazards of Pressing Play, and it's a young adult thriller about um, a girl with CP named Violet who has 48 hours to save her girlfriend from an anonymous enemy. Um, Send this to me. Send me all yeah. these. I, I have a lot of, of your reading to do. I could sit and talk with you for like three more hours. It's so fun. to just Yeah, like exactly. And I want to talk to you for like, like hours. I could just sit and chat with you forever, but I'm sure the audience is like, you guys have gone off on so many changes. But I um, wanted to shout out the cerebral palsy representation because people don't know that. And I, I think that that's important. And because yeah. we both have CP, you know, I think it's and important to shout out. Tia Brown was like one of the one of the OG guests of this channel. Like, like Oh, awesome. See? She was a guest. I can't even remember how long ago now. I think it was like, like I literally think she was like episode 40 or something. So I am so proud of the stuff that she's done. Um, And I like... And I'm really excited to see where you're going with all this stuff. And like Thank the you. fact that you're, you know, it's really hard to do what we do in the face. And I don't mean this to be all like, like, you know, sad and whatever, but it is really hard to do what we do in the face of all the stuff we have to deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. Like before we recorded an hour ago, you texted me being like, um, might have to push the time because my walker's in the way and I can't, you know. Yeah, my walker's in the way. And I, my, my trainer was like, I'll come back in an hour. And I was like, and she's like, wait, don't you have your podcast in an hour? I was like, yeah, but I could maybe push it. And then she's like, no, I'll just come back now. And I was like, okay, but like, I didn't want to move the walker because I have an air purifier here. And like, I was like, if I'm like, it's just hard yeah, to move. All these little things, like people don't realize. <laughs> When you're when you're disabled like we are and you're by yourself and you need to move something, it's a whole it's a whole process and a half. It is um, a whole process. And I think people don't realize that. And I had a really good question during my dissertation defense about that, and it was about ableism. So if I can get the recording back, I'll send it to you, Andrew. But I it was basically I'll I'll go into it really, really quickly. It was basically about I had a friend recognize she's known me since high school and she recognized like about ableism because she has a, a son who is disabled and she was saying well you know things are going to look different because like you have you know when you just how would you describe things because you know getting dressed for someone who is not disabled or not physically disabled is going to look different than someone who is disabled with our disabilities yeah yeah and she was asking me about that and like how I incorporated things like that into my novel and into my script and I was talking about like a scene that I had written at a, at the BART station, at the, you know, the train station and how this character navigates in her wheelchair and people are falling on her and, you know, all this stuff. So I was talking about that. And I think that people don't account when you're not thinking about this stuff. People don't account for that. Like they don't I, account for the time yeah. And that's it's the kind of shit we want to see in our, We that's the kind of stuff we want to see in our media, the stuff that we think about every day exactly. that no one else thinks about. And I think the stuff that you're doing, like just, I mean, we've talked so much about the stuff you're doing, which I'm so excited for. Like, seriously, I'm going to say it again. Anna Paquin, uh, Ryan O'Connell, if you're, if you, if you, 
by chance are listening to this episode, please reach out to me and let me put you in oh, touch with you. Lara because. And yes, Jason Priestley too. Yeah, like, yeah. Really I don't know. I don't know anyone who knows him, but if anyone, <laughs> if anyone in Hollywood land knows Jason Priestley and wants to like do something good and wants to like do make a wish for a CP adult, like go, <laughs> we'll figure it out. <laughs> I know, I know. It was the worst pitch ever. I'm kidding. And yeah. But, but really, there should be there should be a make wish for CP adults because I would I have so many wishes. I I would kind of do it. I would be like, hey, I would know? do it, sure. Um important sidebar, you said at the beginning that you, you know, your first want to make a wish was to go to London. Have you been to London yet? I did actually I was gonna follow it up with that I did end up going to London a few years later when I was going to Poland for physical therapy and I was living in Poland for physical therapy in middle school my parents and I would take little like side trips before we go to Poland to like different countries yeah and so we decided to do London one time so I did make it to London thank good. god good because I I I've been there twice now, and I adore it. If I could move to London tomorrow, it's really expensive, and disability, like, disability is crap over there, and they don't do enough for people over there. But if I... I heard the UK is, like, eh, in terms of, like, disability. Yeah, they have a lot of work to do for, like, disability supports and benefits. They have a lot of work to do. But I love the culture there, and my dream of, like, falling in love with a British man and being... That's my my dream. It's my dream. It's never gonna happen, but it's my dream. Sweet rom com, like you yeah, a sweet. Like, we should write that to you. <laughs> like, like rom com, and I was also thinking in terms of like, because I was thinking about like you know where I could have gone for my PhD and stuff. And there's only four disability studies PhDs in all of North America. One is in Canada. It's in Toronto at York. Yeah. One is in Syracuse and one is in Chicago. And none of those places would have like been accessible for me to go to. And I'm not used to snow and the weather and the transportation. So talking about that stuff, like it's really hard when you're like, when you have to plan your day and when you have to do certain things. So like to move across, you know, somewhere, even whether it's, even if it's in the US or Canada, it's tough because you have to, out for you know never mind overseas you have to account for certain things that other people just wouldn't think about like yeah. when you saw I saw your tweets about like your chair being broke you know by the airlines and that's happened to me too and it's just like it's so it's so disturbing that all of us have a story when our when our chair's been broken by an airline like yeah like, or a walker my walker was broken too how do you even how do you even break a walker like that? It was it was in a pack, like it was in plastic, and they broke it, and they broke like oh, the God. off, and it was wrapped in plastic. It was so. This was like years ago, but ugh. I could sit and talk with you for a thousand years. Um, <laughs> it was so fun. Thank you so well, much for. We'll we'll probably you know yeah yeah oh no like this again the conversation is not bring some of that stuff up because i know you i've seen you mention it and i'm like how can i not bring this up oh no i'm so glad you did and i do a i do a segment on this show um called popcorn and power chairs where we where we review disability themed media and you would be a brilliantly perfect guest yes 
So the door is open whenever you want. Please come and do an episode of that. It'd be so fun. Yes. Like I'm there. I, I want to have like I want to have you back for sure. It's so fun. Um, how do the people get a hold of you? How can Jason Priestley send you oh anything if he wants to? Oh my gosh. Well, I do have social media, but I do keep it locked for it's it's not I mean, it's just that I've been harassed um before by people that I know, not even random strangers. It's really screwed up. But I, I do have social media. It's true cherry girl, T-R-U Cherry Girl on Instagram and Twitter and I think TikTok, but I, I don't really use my TikTok yet. Um and then I have, yeah, my, um, my book, the book that I'm in, the anthology that I'm in is called Being Ace, edited by Madeline Dyer. I don't have a website yet. I'm very sorry. Oh, I can help uh, you with that Google, if you ever, if you ever need one, if you ever need something. Yeah, like I, I do need help, but I, if you Google me, um, I'm sure, and I can, I can link this to you also, Andrew, and you could, you could put it up, but I, like, my dissertation is like publicly available. Um, I well, please send me all these things because I'm I'm yeah. obsessed with all your stuff. I want to read the pilot just for fun. I want to oh, you. like you. The stuff you're doing is so important, and thank you. I, like I don't want to be done, but I, but we've been talking forever. So I like, know I wanted to. This was how we were last time. This is yeah. how we were two years ago. So that's how you know, like no time has passed. Yeah, we because... just we literally this. I mean, this this episode is chaotic, and I love all of it. It's like amazing. It goes everywhere. It's great. It's perfect. Um, you're awesome, Lara. I mean, thank you, you so much <laughs> for being here again. This is such a pleasure. One of my favorite guests, and like I said. Whenever you want to come on Popcorn Power Chairs, the door's open. Yes, I would love to. That would be so much fun. I really, oh my gosh, that would be amazing. Let's we will it. text and talk about it because I would love, it'd be so fun to just sit with you again and do another hour or like two of this. So fun. Thank you so much for having me. I so appreciate it. I'm so glad we got to do this again. Anytime. I'm so happy that you, um, thank you for redoing it and thank you for being here. It was so fun. Um, of course. Lara, you're great. I'm going to go have dinner now, but you're the best. And we'll uh, check soon. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. Uh, all right, friends. Well, there goes another episode of Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on disability stories with me, your host, Andrew Gerza. If you want to follow my work, you can head over to my social media, Andrew Gerza 6 on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, although I never use it. If you want to follow my website and find out about my speaking opportunities, my gigs, and ways to have me come to your event, go to www.andrewgerza.com. If you want to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash disabilityafterdark, and you can get the show days early, completely ad-free, and a shout-out on the air. So if you want to support the show, you're able to do that. And please, please leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. It really does help shows like this about disability, which are very rare, get supported. Thank you so much for being with us and stay comfy, cozy, and crippled. Until next time. Bye. Copyright notice. Disability After Dark was created, recorded, and produced by Cripple & Co. Productions and Andrew Gerza. Any and all use of materials, graphics, 
audio recordings, etc. cannot be used or distributed without express permission. If you would like to use an episode of the podcast or license an episode of the podcast on your website, please consider emailing Andrew Gerza and Crippling Co. Productions at disabilityafterdarkpod at gmail.com. Copyright 2024